Today on Scoldia, Clint and Chad describe their pet peeves, discuss the Sunday night blues, and find joy in dad chat. Okay, enjoy the episode. Hello from Astoria. This is Chad. And this is Clinton Roanoke. It's that time again. That's right. Time for another episode of your favorite teaching podcast, Schooldia. A podcast by two middle-aged teachers, dads, and hipster doofuses who talk across the country about their combined 30-plus years of education experiences. Our goal is to make a podcast that teachers... And anyone else... ...find as fun and interesting as Game of Thrones. But with a bit less sex and violence. I mean, there's some, but less than Game of Thrones. Yeah, for example, Chad is naked right now. Absolutely. Do you watch Game of Thrones, Chad? Nope, haven't seen an episode, but I will say I borrowed season one DVD from a colleague of mine just last week with the intent of watching it over the weekend, or at least starting it, and we haven't done that yet. I actually haven't seen any episodes, and I also haven't seen Avengers Endgame, so I am 100% outside of the cultural moment. I am in the same boat. I actually fell asleep during the first Avengers movie, so I'm really lame. Yeah, I fall asleep sleep during all of the Marvel movies pretty much. (laughs) They are not my favorite. But it doesn't really matter because my students have already spoiled Avengers for me. I don't need to see it. They told me everything. Without my consent, by the way. (laughs) That sucks. Spoilers are a big pet peeve of mine. Which brings us to today's topic. A spoiler of the last Game of Thrones episode? Nope. Pet peeves. But for teachers, what are things that kids do or say that really get your goat? All right, I'll start. And this is actually very relevant because I literally just minutes ago finished a test day and we've spent a, a good portion of the week preparing for it. And it never fails that at least a half a dozen kids will come into the room and say, we have a test today uh. that kills me. It'd be one thing if it was a pop quiz or something, but we have literally spent the entire week talking about it, discussing it, making notes for it, and it drives me nuts. And you've got it like up on the board on the schedule, like, yeah. hey, test Friday. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I hate that. My first one is I really hate it when I put a lot of effort into a lesson that kind of has a bit of a twist to it or a turn that makes it extra interesting, and the kids that are in the first period class, they really like it. And it goes really well. But by the time the second block comes around, they have already heard. And they're like, oh, are we doing this thing where we write a letter to someone we care about? And you're like, ah, yeah, you've already lost like all of the important stuff that we were going right. to talk about. And it's the setup. And those spoilers are just as bad. And it's super frustrating. Yeah, I used to I used to do a lot of like riddles and stuff in my math classes. And sometimes, you know, the answer would just be a number, but it would might be hard to get to. You know, they'd have to work for it and it never failed. One kid would know it and they just yell it out. And you're like, OK, well, there goes 10 minutes of. My lesson right there. And it's like, well, see if I ever do anything fun for you, you jerks. Right, right. All right, man. So my next one here, you'll do a lesson in front of the class or you'll clearly explain some directions. And just minutes later after you've done that, a kid will ask specifically for information or for a lesson uh, of what you just covered. And the entire time they were doing nothing, they weren't paying attention. And now they want you to like re-explain it. That kills me. I just had that recently. We were watching Romeo and Juliet today after having read it. And I was pointing out to them on the screen, like I'd pause it and say, okay, this is this guy and this is that other guy. And remember when this happened and went through all that push play and immediately some kids like, wait, who's that? And you you just want to smack them. (laughs) But you wouldn't. Oh, no, never. (laughs) 
Maybe a light love tap. Yeah, sure. So uh, another one that I have is I'm not very good at names. I try really hard to get all of my students, at least their first names down. I'm, I often will forget what their last name is, but try to get their first names down. And that's about 120 kids a year that you're trying to memorize their names. And I don't expect my students to know exactly who I am first day or even in the first month or so. But by the end of the year, when they're still raising their hand and saying, teacher, what's this? Or teacher, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> or or mister, hey, mister. It's just like, come on. You only have seven teachers you have to know right. the names of. And I only have four letters in my last name, and it's right. plastered <laughs> across my desk. It says Mr. Hill right at the front of the room. They have no excuse. So my my last one here is and and I think we've all dealt with this before but you'll have a student who hasn't done anything for weeks sometimes half a semester and then they come to you like in this major panic and with true sincerity and want to know how they can get their grade up and oftentimes <laughs> it's like a Thursday and they need it up by Friday because you know their parents aren't going to let them go on a ski trip or something like that and with no kind of self-awareness of the fact that Wait, you want me to put a bunch of stuff together for you when you haven't done anything for six weeks. And that, that kills me. And especially a lot of times students are very like they do not understand even when you say like I, and I personally I don't give extra credit. So I tell them all the time like you have plenty of opportunities to earn credit. If you choose not to, then like that ship has sailed. A lot of times you'll still have kids that are upset with you. Sometimes even parents that are like, hey, my kid needs to get their grade up. You're like, dude, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do for you. But especially when they want it now. Right. In the immediate gratification of give me a packet that I can work on at home right. to get the grade up. Have you ever had a kid come up to you and ask, hey, uh, is there any extra credit I can do? Because uh, I'm not probably not going to do this assignment. Right. And you're just like. <laughs> No, what? <laughs> your right. your your extra credit is to do this assignment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. If you do this, you'll be fine. Well, my last one is uh, when you're in the middle of a of a class discussion, or you've been explaining something, and you're asking for questions to make sure that everybody has got things clarified. And uh, in an English classroom, a lot of times, if we're talking about a piece of literature or something, I'm asking pointed questions to try to help lead them towards some bit of analysis or something. What does this symbol mean? And you get a couple of ideas, and then you get somebody who raises their hand, and they have this really earnest look on your face, and you're like, "Okay, Kalia, what do you got?" And she looks, and she's like. Can I go to the bathroom? And just, <laughs> no. We are in the middle of a discussion. No. Yeah. I hope you wet yourself. No. And there's always that feeling of hope, too. They're like, oh, this person has an answer. They don't usually raise their hand. This oh, is exciting. Yes. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, you get the bathroom question. Stupid bathroom question. Or something that's just totally unrelated to the question that you just posed. Right. Like, is it a three-day weekend this weekend? <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, come on. Do we have, do we have school Monday? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, we, we covered a few, but I'm sure there's many more out there. So those are our biggest pet peeves. Do you have any that you'd like to share? If so, send us an email. Our address is schooljapodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And now let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. Children are loud. They're loud on their own. They are loud as a pair. They are loud in small groups. But they are especially loud in a group of 30 when they are sharpening pencils, burping, farting, laughing, crying, shouting, whispering, sneezing, giggling, screaming, scooting chairs, knocking over notebooks, slurping, scratching, yawning, guffawing, poking, slapping, twisting, turning, dancing, prancing, yelling, chomping, bonking, jumping, bumping, stretching, retching, and always, always talking. Especially when each of the 30 are in a classroom and making this ruckus all at the same time. 
it's enough to drive their teacher nuts. But no more. 21st century technology has given teachers today the power of the Shusher, a fully automatic noise recognition machine that does all the shushing for you. It has several settings ranging from party mode, when you have a child's birthday but you don't want things out of control, all the way down to test time. If a pencil is dropped, it notices. The Shusher uses triangulation and a precise map of the classroom to pinpoint the meddlesome noisemaker and punish them accordingly. Most of the time, it uses a timely shh followed by the offender's name, but can be set up to complete write-ups, email them to the appropriate administrator, and punish the perpetrator with a timely electric shock. Oh, right. All of the student seats are hardwired to the Shusher, allowing it to quiet children whenever it sees fit. So order the Shusher and listen to the sweet sound of silence once again. Shh. Welcome back to the show. If you're listening to this podcast on the day of its release, it's Monday morning. Yeah, which means many of you may have just experienced a Sunday night panic attack. That's the feeling of existential dread that many teachers get about their jobs on Sunday night when they think about how much work is ahead of them and how little they got done over the weekend. And I've read that while most professional people feel a bit of the, you know, kind of back-to-work blues, it can be particularly bad for teachers. That's really true. Uh, my wife is a nurse, and while she doesn't particularly love seeing her weekend in the rearview mirror, she doesn't have some of the pressures that teachers face. When she leaves work, it's over for that day. For teachers, we're constantly grading, planning, organizing, and then feeling guilty that we didn't do all of those things perfectly. Yeah, and Sunday night's kind of when all those feelings come at once, and we realize all the things we should have done, and, and we haven't. So the question really is, if we know this is a nearly universal problem for teachers, what should we do about it? Yeah, so we decided to put together a few tips that we try to do to keep ourselves calm and relaxed and ready for Monday. You know, and I can say too, Clint, that as, you know, I'm finishing up my 16th year in education, that it's much less than it used to be. My first couple of years, I think I really felt that Sunday night anxiety. You know, I think just with experience, it's gone away a little bit, but I still I still get it. Oh, yeah. It never really leaves you. Uh, I, I think this is my 17th year. Uh, I'm old, so it's hard to keep track, but it's a difficult thing, especially when you are doing a new curriculum of any kind. If your curriculum has changed, it's a little bit harder to keep track of. So what are some things that you do? Well, I mean, we've talked about this before on the show, but I think spending a little more time on Friday before you get out of the building, it's hard to do. I know sometimes you just want to get the heck out, but stay a little bit later and get some lesson plans and some copies made. Uh, get yourself a little bit more ready for Monday morning certainly helps. I think that that, that works really well. Um, one of the things that I try to do on my Friday is make sure that I put everything away as best as I can. Now, my desk is usually a disaster area because that's just who I am. But I try to make sure that the things that I know I'm going to be using next week are available and ready to go so that I don't have to scramble for it on Monday morning. And I think kind of anecdotal evidence that this seems to work for me because I typically don't do this on Fridays. Uh, you know, a couple times a year, we will have a teacher work day on a Monday where we get to come in and usually it's a grading day. It's at a semester break or something. But on those days, I usually have a lot of time to not only get my grades in, but also to do some prep work for the week. And I don't I don't have that same feeling that Monday night leading into Tuesday as I typically do on a Sunday night leading into a Monday when I don't have that planning time. So I definitely think it's helpful. Another one that I do that is kind of related, especially if you are not very good at the staying late on Friday because you just want to get out, um, is to schedule a couple of hours on Saturday that are reserved just for grading and planning and don't go over it because I think going over it can cause you to lose your whole weekend and then that makes life not very fun. But if you plan out, I'm going to be working on stuff from 8 a.m. to 10.30 and you just work 
during that time. Try not to have distractions around. Leave your phone behind. Kind of just focus in on what you need to get done. It's amazing how much you can get done in just a couple of focused hours with nobody bothering you. It really is. It really is. Now, we get a prep every day that, you know, it's 15 minutes for me, but you're, it's, it's smack dab in the middle of the day when you're, when you're busy with other things and you have interruptions and all kinds of, of things like that, or you're just exhausted. But, you know, on a Saturday when you have a little bit of, or, or Sunday when you're a little bit refreshed and you can come in and kind of just have this focused couple hours, I mean, the amount of the amount of things you get done is almost exponential compared to trying to do it during the week. One of the things that I used to do with this um, when I lived in Astoria, because the school allowed us to, I can't do it here. I would every other weekend go into school for two or three hours. Uh, and I'd usually get up uh, at my usual school start time and go in and take care of things that needed to get done and get a lot of grading done and those kinds of things. Being at school made me focus a little bit more than when I was at home. Uh, there were a lot of other things to distract me. I could look and be like, oh, the lawn needs to be mowed and oh, my kids want to play or something. I don't know. And uh, so there's other people around. When I was just at school by myself, I could focus and, and really get things done. So if you can, you can't go into your work. If you can just have a location in your home that is workplace and kind of isolate yourself from everybody else, that can really help make that time more valuable. Make sure that you build in some reward for yourself, uh, some fun activity or a treat or, or something when, with your family or whatever that may be, kind of when that work gets done. Uh, not only is that a nice motivation, but it also should be a feeling of you know satisfaction that you finish that work. You can kind of wipe that out of your off your things that uh, are, are kind of weighing you down over the weekend. And having something to look forward to after kind of the annoying part, makes it like, okay, once this is done, I get to go out to eat with my friends, or I can go for a nice walk, or I will be binging a TV show for a couple hours, and it's okay, I'm not going to feel guilty about it because I've already taken care of my work. So another big one that uh, is related to scheduling is to block out time that is just for relaxation. For me, that's Sunday. Uh, and it's a it's a pretty big block. I go to church every Sunday with my family. I know not all people do, but we have, as a family, decided that Sunday is going to be a family day. We spend our time together, and we try to do activities together as much as we can, and we don't do any work at all. Like, I never grade on Sundays, and I never do planning on Sundays, and that actually helps me to relax. I take care of my work on Saturday, and then I've got all Sunday to kind of just be chill and get enough rest before I head off uh, to work again on Monday. And that has really actually made a big difference uh, in my life. Yeah. And I think that's just good advice for lots of things in life. I mean, you know, I'm not a huge scheduler. I don't have every minute of my, my time scheduled uh, during the week, but just setting aside time and, and truly devoting it with fidelity to an activity, whether it be the work or whether it be the play, I think it just, again, kind of clears your mind a little bit. You're like, listen, I know I'm going to work from eight to 1030, but I know from noon to four, we have this plan and we're going to do it. And when that's set up for you in advance, it just allows you to not have to think about it anymore. You know, this is just it's just part of the plan. And uh, you can kind of you can kind of set that part aside. The other thing I think is important as you're working through your planning is, you know, focus on something that you're going to be doing during the week with your students that you're excited about. You know, it may not be Monday morning. Uh, it may be something you're doing later in the week. But usually, uh, hopefully, uh, I hope all teachers out there can find something during their week that they're looking forward to doing with your, their kids and, and try to focus on that. It's easy that Sunday night to be thinking about, oh, I got to see that one class that is really, really hard. Or we've got that meeting coming up that I'm not interested in. It's so easy to focus on the negative things. And if you can just shift that kind of like you're looking into the future and anticipating what's coming up, if you can anticipate the good stuff as well as remembering, oh, yeah, I need to take care of these responsibilities but ooh, we're starting this unit coming up and I love doing that or or whatever that can just change your whole mindset and make Sunday night 
you know, something that you can look forward to. You know, and, and with all of this that we're talking about, I mean, I think it's also important to just be realistic about what you can accomplish. Uh, you know, we're not superhuman and some things aren't always worth the effort. Uh, you know, if there's a bulletin board, you're really wanting to get done for the, for the week. But then in reality, if you're like, you know, we're actually not even starting that unit for another week after this. And if you can put it, if you could table that for a day or a week, um, or if there are things that you say, you know, I can actually do this during the week. You know, I know for us as, as uh, high school teachers, we also uh, oftentimes have, I don't, I don't know if you still do at, at your school, but you know, I have three uh, student assistants that um, that I've gotten over the years much better at delegating, at, uh, you know, tasks to. And so I think it's just really important too to to kind of take a step back and say what needs to be done. What is you know what is a, a priority right now to to make sure I'm effective first thing Monday morning. But then those other things, if you don't get them done, understand that you know th- those shouldn't be causing you anxiety. There's always going to be more things that you could be doing, and there's no reason on focusing on stuff that's un- unreasonable. I follow a few uh, people on Twitter that are that are teachers, and I've watched um, a few of them. Like one of my former students, I don't know if you had Melissa Grothy. Did you have her? She mm-hmm. is my daughter's teacher. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, then you're probably yes. very aware of what she did recently. She's awesome. It's uh, the National Park Service. I don't know if it was a week or a month or what it was, but she transformed her whole classroom into kind of like a, a national park interpretation center. And it looked amazing. And she has the skill to do that. And it took a lot of it took a lot of effort and and a lot of vision to make that happen. And I'm sure that that was exciting and fun for her to do. I know she posted about it a lot and uh, and and talked about it a lot. And that was great. And that was worth her effort. But if you're a person who doesn't have that artistic skill, you don't have to look across the hall and be like, I can't believe I'm not like Miss Grothy. I can't do that. <laughs> right. Um, you can just say, well, I can't do that, but I am very good at these other things and focus on your, on what matters for you. Uh, you don't have to live up to everyone else around you. Focus on your own strengths. Kind of to, to, to wrap this up, I think we got to understand too, that sometimes a little anxiety isn't like the worst thing in the world. And maybe anxiety is not the, the word, uh, we want to use, but you know, I remember the feeling I used to get before competing in sports and I always hated it. I never liked pre-game warm-ups and stuff because the anxiety was, and again, I don't know if anxiety is the word, but the, the nerves uh, were not fun. Uh, I would I would like, I would assume it's very similar to people who, you know, uh, get on stage to sing or play the piano or act or anything else is that, you know, it's, it's not the most pleasant feeling. But, you know, if you can harness that into excitement instead of kind of dread, uh, you know, it's okay to be excited about the week coming up. And, and sometimes there's good things coming along during that week and sometimes there's less positive things. But, uh, you know, understand that that's probably pretty normal. And, uh, you know, as as you work through being a more experienced teacher, finding ways to deal with it is a good thing. I think a little bit of pressure in your life is okay. You don't want it to be overwhelming pressure. I always did my best work in school on the deadline. Uh, I was one of those people that would kind of put off the essays that I needed to write until the weekend before it was due. After having thought about it for a long time, go and knock it out in just a few hours because, you know, you got that little adrenaline rush that tells you you need to get it done. And so, yeah, absolutely. A little bit of extra pressure or stress is certainly a good thing. But what you don't want to do is allow yourself to be overwhelmed by it. And so if you can take take those things and, like you say, harness it into productive work, 
uh, it's going to make your life a lot a lot better. I guess if you were to the point where you weren't feeling anything uh, coming into work, it might be time to mix things up a little bit. A little bit of discomfort's okay. One final thought that I that I just thought of actually uh, is that one of the things that can really set the tone. This isn't really a Sunday thing, but more of a Monday morning thing. One of the things that can really set the tone for the week is your first interaction with your colleagues. And if you can, um, on your weekend, be thinking about some fun things that you did that weekend or something funny that you saw or some activity that was great uh, that you could bring up, if that's the first thing you talk about instead of the first thing you talk about being, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we're back and oh, right. Mondays are hard yeah, and those kinds of right. things. If you can set the tone of, boy, I got to do this cool thing and I'm going to do this other cool thing in the week, not only will that help boost your mood, but it can also kind of set the tone uh, for other people around you. Uh, as you go forward. You know, one thing I always do um, on Monday mornings is my first period of class, I give them the first, I don't even tell them this, I've never actually said this out loud, but I usually give them the first five minutes to just talk. The last thing I want to do at eight o'clock when the bell rings is to just start jumping right into content or instructions or here's Here's our really crazy week we have coming up. So usually I just kind of, I'll go around and talk to kids and I'll just let them chat. And after three, four or five minutes, it kind of dies down and you kind of feel like everyone's ready to get back at, at it. But it's, it's a hard transition, even if you've only been gone for two days. <laughs> right. That little soft start can really help people kind of ease into what they need to do rather than just slamming them with, with work right off the bat. All right. Well, those are our ideas for keeping upbeat about the new week. Uh, what do you do to keep your chin up during those waning hours of Sunday night? Contact us on Facebook and Twitter at SchoolJapod. We'd love to add to our list. And now, another word from one of our sponsors. This segment of SchoolJa is brought to you by AutoSensor. If you've listened to most new music lately, you're probably aware of AutoTune technology that makes your favorite singer sound like, well, a good singer. After listening to enough T-Pain, Maroon 5, and Black Eyed Peas, the people at AutoSensor had an idea. If a computer can make those clowns sing in the right key, can't we help teachers avoid those inevitable verbal slip-ups as well? AutoSensor miraculously detects the unintended word or phrase slipping from your mouth and instantly adjusts, projecting a less objectionable expression to your students' ears. Check it out. If I see one more silly student on their phone, I'm going to take those stinking things away and throw them in the smelly trash. This class is making me happy right now. AutoSensor is also great for conversations with coworkers. Jim, only a smart man would volunteer the math department to hold meetings during our lunch break. And it's ideal for parent conferences as well. I hear what you're saying, Mrs. Jones. Your daughter is a genius that needs to be challenged more. The reality is that you're totally correct and your daughter is actually very nice. AutoSensor comes with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If your students catch you swearing within the first 12 months of your purchase, return AutoSensor for a full refund. Find AutoSensor at most fine teacher supply stores. AutoSensor. Let it out. We'll clean it up. And welcome back. It's time to commence our time together with our favorite segment, Dad, Dad Chat. Chat. It's our opportunity to tell you about what has been bringing us joy for the past couple of weeks. Chad, take it away. Uh, you know, this is funny. When I was thinking about this today, I'm, I'm realizing that, you know, number one, we've been doing this show for well over a year because I think a couple of my Dad Chat things have been repeats from last year. <laughs> it is kind of funny how things are so cyclical. And I know I talked about this last year at this exact same time, but uh, when this drops Monday morning, I will have just finished. Uh, it, it will have been Mother's Day the prior day. So happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there. But that also uh, indicates the first day of the Astoria Sunday market 
here in Astoria. And I know I've been talking about it all winter with my woodworking business and some things I'm changing and some things I'm adding. And this is always like a super exciting time for me. And uh, so that gets going this weekend and uh, just just excited to get that started. It also is kind of an indicator for me that we are wrapping up the school year. When Sunday market comes, that means we just got a few more weeks of school and I can kind of focus on that more as summer summer gets going. So Uh, A lot of exciting things. Plus, it's supposed to be a beautiful day, so that's good, too. That's wonderful. Just so everybody knows, I ordered two of the rescued skateboard tie clips from Chad, and they have been the talk of Patrick Henry High School. Ooh, awesome. That's great. Not really, but people have noticed them and and, and commented on them. They're not like, I'm sorry. I didn't want to get you too excited. They're not clamoring for orders. There's not a big poster. There's not a big banner in the cafeteria. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's no banners, Uh, but they're really nice and really cool. You guys should check out his store or go see him at the Sunday market. It would be, I'm sure he'd be happy to, uh, happy to see you. What do you have, man? People that have known me for a long time, especially back into my childhood, know that I am a, or at least was uh, back in like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth and up grades. I was really into the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Terry Porter is my favorite basketball player of all time. Uh, I remember being sent to bed in fifth grade during the NBA Finals against the Detroit Pistons, uh, going in there and listening to the game on my radio instead of going to bed and jumping up and down and screaming. And my parents were like, I guess you're not going to sleep. And then I could come down and watch the rest of the game. Uh, I wore t- I wore my Terry Porter jersey like every game day. I was really into it. In fact, my nickname, as stupid as it was, uh, was Blazer Geek at the time. <laughs> I also wore glasses and had a flat top, so I was very cool. But uh, but they are both good and good people again, and uh, they have been really fun to watch, especially way far away in in Virginia. It's been cool to be able to wear. Um, today I'm wearing my Rip City. Damian Lillard t-shirt. Nice. I had to explain to a lot of people at work today what Rip City means. Which is a great story Uh, in itself. Yeah. Bill Shonley, for those of you who don't know the story, Bill Shonley was calling a basketball game. He was their announcer for many, many years in their very first season. And a a guy hit a, what would today be a three-pointer, but at the time was just a two-pointer to tie up a game with the Los Angeles Lakers. And he just yelled out, Rip City! And that became kind of a catchphrase and then a nickname for Portland. And uh, so anyway, I got to talk about that a lot. And it's just been a lot of fun to watch them be successful and also be pretty good guys. Yeah, it is. I think any kids or any people our age, which we are uh, well, 40 and 39, we're old. Uh, but if you grew up in Oregon uh, during the 90s when, when those guys were, were playing basketball, you know, the only professional sports franchise at that time in, in the state, I, I think everyone grew up Blazer fans and really, really awesome memories. And, and this team definitely reminds me a lot of a lot of them. It, it's been fun also to kind of connect with some of my jock kids because I'm not a huge sports fan and I don't keep track of a, of a ton of things, but it's been fun to to have kids come in and they know that I like the Blazers and so they'll, did you see Lillard's big shot against Oklahoma City and all those kinds of things and it's just been a lot of fun uh, to kind of relive my youth a little bit and and watch these guys. Now, it could be that they just got eliminated. I don't know what's going to happen there. As we're recording, they're going off to Game 7 against the Nuggets. They might get eliminated. They might make it to the Western Conference Championships, but either way, it's just been a great season to watch and, and uh, a fun postseason. So I'm, I'm just really excited about the Blazers this year. Go Blazers. Oh, man. I can't believe it, Clint, but it is time to end. Hey, do you guys have a question out there? You want to share your pet peeves or how to beat the Sunday Blues? We have an email 
address for that. Contact us at schooledyoupodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Astoria. Find me on Instagram at Chatterboxes and my web store, chatterboxes.com. And don't forget about our website, schooledyoupod.com. And again, all of our sponsors are fake, but our artwork is not. Special thank you to Corey Logan for a great cover design and a big shout out to my wife, Nikki, for our wonderful theme song. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe. And don't forget to give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find us. Or if that seems too hard, tell a friend to listen or tie them down and force them to listen. <laughs> Either way. You know, duct tape works well. At least I've heard. Hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> See you soon.